beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusionary desires are inexhaustible. I vow to put an end to them. The Dharmas are boundless. I vow to master them. Today, the Dharmas are boundless. Actually, if we looked at the text, it really is the Dharma gates, the entrance into the Dharma, into the expression of the Buddha's awakening, are boundless, or other ways of saying it, the teachings are innumerable, or immeasurable, or infinite, another translation of the Homon Muryo Seigangaku. Homon, Ho is Dharma, Mon is gate. Gate as in gateless gate, Mu Mon Khan. The entrance, in a way, there's a Mon, a gate into a traditional Zen or Buddhist temple throughout East Asia. And we have a gate here. And when you enter the gate, that's the entrance into the Dharma, into the Buddha's awakening teaching, which is the body of the Dharma itself. Others translate it, I vow to learn the measureless Dharma, another way, or again, innumerable or numberless, meaning that you never get to an end to it, beyond measure even. And yet, and yet we vow to master that. So, the Dharma is the Dharma that there's a way to end suffering, which is the third noble truth. The third noble truth, a way to the end of suffering, and the third practice principle, Each moment, life as it is. Each moment, life as it is. The only teacher. The teacher to what? The teacher of what our life, what this universe is. What the fundamental meaning, if I use such word, of Buddha Dharma. In, what should I say? In uh, explanatory terms, we could say it's non-self, impermanence, and non-satisfactoriness, or inability to be, to 
stick to any forms. That's the three marks of existence, and it's the fundamental point. But the third noble truth is that there's an end to the suffering that which is all the teachings are the end to suffering manifested in the Dharma the teaching of the Buddha which is each moment life as it is means innumerable Dharma moment moment innumerable no end to moment teaching and yet and yet we master them all by being just this moment, just this life. This moment, each moment, as it is, is the teaching expression of the Buddha awakening. Not holding to our considerations of what should or should not, what deserve, what don't deserve, what can do or beyond what can do. This each moment life as it is is the Dharma of mastering this moment, giving ourselves to this moment. That's the practice point, each moment. Don't no need to go look for a Dharma gate somewhere else, something I figured out, something I planned on figuring, because right now, as is, is my, is your particular Dharma gate. And if we vow to master them all, we vow to learn them all, if we use that word, if you feel better with that word, um, learn them all, then the one that we need to learn at this moment is this moment, life as is. And life as is doesn't exclude or limit so-called to just inside versus outside, mine versus not mine, what I planned on and what I didn't plan on, plan on what I wanted and what I didn't want, <coughs> what I took care of before and how come it's coming back, or any or what's fair or not fair. Dharma gates beyond measure. Dharma gates, ho, mon. Ho is dharma and mon is gate. Without measure, without end, meaning without measure. And so in a sense you could say, well, I could never learn all of those. It's impossible. I can't complete it in this lifetime and I can't do them all. Some are too hard for me. Some are the ones that I don't want to have to have as my moment life teacher. But not the teacher that has to teach me something extra, but the teacher that enables me to enter 
this moment, non-self, ongoing changing, and teacher that enables me to master this by responding, manifesting this. So again, we have, we see how there's the principle, there's an end to suffering, and then, of course, the next one is going to be the way to the end, which is the fourth noble truth. There's the third noble truth, the end to the suffering, and then there's the bodhisattva vow that's connected to that, saying, yes, the teaching that there's an end to the suffering, the teaching of that, the manifesting of it, is immeasurable. It goes on. Sometimes we use words like 84,000 Dharma gates. 84,000. That's a lot. But it's really, here it's saying, the Dharma gates are immeasurable, are without end, without number. Because no matter how much you number it, there's more to add to that. It's this moment, even if you did all the moments up to now, it's taking care of this moment, life as it is. And yet, even if we get so-called tired of it, even if we say it's too much for us, even if it's like, I can't imagine how I could take care of all that, and yet we vow to master them all. To master them is to, if you want to say, to learn them, but not just in our head and in a list of books or a list of principles, but in the sense of each moment, life as it is, living, being, doing our best. Failing, not failing, doesn't make a difference. Fail, that's our vow to master it. Failure after failure, mistake after mistake, error after error. Taking this step and at the same time acknowledging that, oh, I can't rest on these laurels, so to speak, to use that kind of expression, but it's this moment, and this moment, and this moment, each moment. And this moment will be, if you want to say, the cause and effect of all sorts of dharmas coming together as right now. There I use the word dharmas as forces or phenomena, all sorts of cause and effect that comes together as right now, inside, outside, mine and not mine. So the Dharma gate, and therefore we take that, there's a way to the end, and then we take that vow, the Dharmas or the Dharma gates are boundless, I vow to master them, to the practice principle of each moment life as it is, is the Dharma gate of right now the only teacher, the only teaching that I need to take care of, the 
whole of the teaching of my life. Notice the teaching, the Dharma, is um, there in the vow and in the practice principle. See, it's useful to be able to go back and forth in our sense of what it is we're saying when we say one or what it is we're saying when we say the other. Remember, they're all a matter of supports for your, our, mine, each of us, our life practice, which is what we have and what we nurture in our zazen, in, in the zendo, and throughout our life. It's not a matter of something that we learn from outside. In one sense, in one sense, they are also, they build on each other. So, the previous one was delusions or delusionary desires. In a sense, all the different forms that they make, that they manifest as, because they're endless, in a sense, that becomes what leads us to the Dharma gates, or the practices of Dharma. How do we respond to this particular delusionary desire, attachment, whether it's so-called mine, or whether it's so-called in other beings who I encounter? Remember, The first one was, beings are numberless, I vowed to save them. Therefore, every encounter in whatever form of delusionary desires or uh, whatever word we want to use, defilements, attachments, vexations, the forms that they take are the opportunity of what is the Dharma gate that this is, in a sense, calling forth? What is it that's required? This is requiring of us to learn and develop capacities, abilities, dispositions, if we use that kind of word, including all the times that we so-called fall on our face. Another Dharma gate to manifest, falling on our face. That too is a wonderful Dharma gate. So it's whether it's so-called clarifying our self or clarifying so-called other. That's exactly the Dharma gates, the innumerable Dharma gates that are responses. No, that isn't the best word. Uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll say responses or reactions to the um, endless delusions and desires which come up for us, for me, for others. Me and others, in a way, is different and in a way not different. Because that's always our vow, whether it's so-called saving ourselves or whether it's so-called saving others. See, that's the caught in self-centered dream only suffering, holding to self-centered thought. 
whether it's so-called my self-centered thought or whether it's so-called other self-centered thought. Then, each moment, each moment is not some moment of ourself off in some secluded place, but each moment, which includes life as it is, is me and others together as is this moment. Me and the whole universe together, if I use such words. Of course, together dualizes it, if I use make up a word. But, to use words, I'll say it. So, so this, of course, will lead us to the fourth and last of these vows, the Buddha way is unattainable, I vow to attain it. But we'll come to that tomorrow. So, I will stop now, but before I do, to give us a little further comment on uh, preparation, if I say it that way, for tomorrow, I'll quote a small section from Dogen, and I'll talk a little about that tomorrow when I talk about the fourth Bodhisattva vow. Zen Chan Master Dao came to Master Shitao. Dao asked, what is the fundamental meaning of Buddha Dharma? Shitao says, not attaining, not knowing. Is there some turning point going beyond or not? Shitao said, The vast sky doesn't hinder the white clouds from flying. Okay, I'll stop here and see if you have something you want to bring up. If you want to change posture positions, please feel free to do so. Yes. Sure. Failure. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do a lot of that. Because sometimes I think that my self-centered thoughts are the right ones. <laughs> that's another self-centered thought. <laughs> yes, that's you know a very natural habit that most of us have to some extent or another. That's caught in self-centered dream. Yeah. My, we don't say my self-centered thoughts. We just say my thoughts. Mm-hmm. We don't have, we don't yeah, add. We don't, we don't quite get to the self-centered part because we miss that a lot. Yes. And holding on to right and wrong is another of the habits that we get in trouble. Just like, in a sense... That's the defilements or delusionary desires that are inexhaustible. No matter how many times we say, well, it wasn't quite right there. I was a little off. I was uh, skewed. Comes right back up. Inexhaustible. Endless. Inexhaustible, that means those habits continue until they don't or until when they don't, they don't. And when they do, they do. And that's 
Either way, there are Dharma gates. So how do I be that Dharma gate? How do I take that, enter the Dharma through that gate of self-centered thought? So it, it takes some effort to enter that gate, even though it's always there open to us, that we're right in the middle of it all the time? When there's a need for effort, there's effort. When there's no need for effort, there's no effort. We can't. How to manifest the vow isn't what isn't based on us planning it and developing a strategy that this is how I'm going to do it. This is what Shital is responding, not attaining, not knowing. But let that part will get till tomorrow. So when there's a need for effort. Don't say, oh, well, I spilled it there, but I don't want to make an effort to clean it up. No, it's just I'll just let it be as it is. Even the thinking, do I need to make an effort, is extra. It's great effort. That's life as each moment, life as it is. That's the teacher right there, the spilled whatever. Our life offers us endless, infinite Dharma gates to enter. That's why we say each moment, as the practice principle to manifest this vow, each moment, life as it is. Sometimes it's nothing more than just holding the the wheel of the car while we're at a red light and just sitting there. Sometimes it's weaving in and out. Sometimes it's breaking fast. Who knows what it is at this next moment. But we don't worry about next moment. We take care of this moment. So when the rain is coming down hard and it's dark out, we have to slow down a little and do our best with what limited light we had. That's how you drove. Didn't have to figure out the rain's coming too fast. Do I need to make an effort? Don't make an effort. The effort is part of being present, being alive, responding. And even responding to worrying about how terrible it is in in the midst of the driving. How am I going to do this? Those we privilege and prioritize our thoughts as which is only a facet of our functioning but as if that needs to lead and direct our life and part of zazen is being not knowing being not knowing or at least being willing to open up the knowing, the caught in self-centeredness, or the holding to self-centered thoughts, dreams. 
open that up for a moment so that we're, we experience, if I use the expression, being bigger than that, being more than that. It's not a matter of putting an end to it, even though we vow to put an end to those delusionary desires. You don't have to try to squish them somewhere or throw them away. Of themselves they end. Then the vast sky doesn't hinder the white clouds flying. Even from the beginning, the vast sky doesn't hinder the white clouds. And yet, and yet, we think, we believe there are inexhaustible hindrances, inexhaustible defilements. So, just like in the Heart Sutra, we practice and we go through till we come to no hindrance, therefore no fear. Far beyond deluded thoughts. Okay. Yes? Uh, neither does the sky hinder the dark clouds. Sure. We, we like to think of the white clouds. We don't, don't always like to see the dark clouds. But the sky doesn't hinder them either. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, but you can, in, in your talk, I'm sorry, <coughs> um, for me it, it, it somewhat, maybe, let's see, um, somewhat clarifies this notion of the way we use the word dharma. Because uh-huh. we can talk about dharma in terms of teaching. Yeah. That's kind of what you're saying. But also dharma is used in the context of say, all manifestations of, of our reality. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a, a thought, a feeling, a rock, mm-hmm. or a spill on, mm-hmm. on the floor. Um, and in not seeing those as dharmas, as rocks, as stub toes, as, mm-hmm. then we're really missing a teaching in our life. Well, even we don't even have to use the word teaching, but as the manifestation of the fundamental Buddha's awakening, which is what teaching but not a teaching, it is the teaching. So in that sense, yes, it's all manifesting, just as the Buddha's teaching is the manifesting of this universe that from the beginning doesn't need anything extra, and yet we need to make these vows. Say the vow again. <laughs> Darm, the, the third one or all of them? Third one. Dharma, it's, it's homon muryo segan gaku. Okay. Homon means dharma or dharma gates. Ho is dharma or Buddha dharma. So, butsu. Homon muryo segan gaku. I vow to master them or I vow to learn them. Or, uh, let's see some other. Could, could you say, I mean, Using the word dharma as as the manifestation of all things, Mm. you you could say say it's a different. It's a different. uh, It it is that isn't what it says there. In English, we're doing it, but that isn't the the. Dharma 
dharmas are everywhere. I vow to encounter them. <sighs> I, I, I'm not sure. First, it, it's not what it says, and then encounter is still uh, uh, there's still a sense of duality and separation. Yeah. I mean, there is, of course, in mastering also, right. but. In one sense, the mastering or the learning them is is about becoming them or them becoming you, or that particular each dharma gate, it becomes you and you become it. So. Yeah. Well, this could prompt a discussion, and I'll let it go with that. Okay. Yes. Oh, I will, yes, okay. <laughs> and I've got my hearing aids on three. We don't. Okay. Many of you know I have a little dog named Bella. And she's at home, and uh, I, I go and let her out. I go back and forth, but not as often as she would like. And she's on strike now. <laughs> I opened the Dharma gate, which is the sliding glass door to let her out, and she just sits there and looks at me. I mean, and she'll sit there for five minutes or so. She's punishing you. Oh, she sure is. There are no messes in the house. You know, and I'm getting kind of worried, you know. And so finally, I pick her up and force her out and shut the Dharma gate real fast. (laughs) You know? And then go in the kitchen or something so she can't see me. And, and I think we have success. But uh, that's sort of what's going on right now with me and Bella. I don't know when Sashin is over if she's going to be talking to me. Well, you could give her the, uh, you could open the gate, so to speak, or the door, and yeah. just stand there or sit there with her and, let, and just have some more zazen time. And she could sit with you and... It's fine yeah. for her not to come out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where I sit right now, in front of that that glass door. Yeah. It's it's nice to hear things there. But anyway, this is new yeah. new behavior for her. Right. She's figured out what it means when I gone for extended yeah. periods. And and that's the uh, the point of that saying the teachings or the Dharma gates or the Dharma are boundless, meaning they don't, they're not limited to the forms that we figured out and thought, okay, these are the ones that I take care of because this is all I have to take care of. And all of a sudden, the Dharmas can be the condition of our body, which we wake up with this morning and we didn't have yesterday, whatever condition that is. This isn't the way it my body was yesterday. What's going on now? And yet that's the Dharma gate of right now. Each moment, we, when we talk about the practice principle of it, life as it is this moment, we don't say it again this moment, but that's each moment, life as it is this moment. Life as... And that's often the most difficult thing for us to remember that it's life at this moment, not the way it was yesterday or the way I figured out that it's supposed to be and how come it's not that way right now. That's why, in a sense, that's why we have the practice principles to help us see how 
if I use the word, practically we can take care of right now and see that right now is the only practically taking care of moment that we have. Or, I shouldn't use take, well I could say taking care of, but mean, meaning manifesting, responding, being is the way it is right now, despite the fact that I made a list last night of the conditions of, the, of how my body's supposed to be, and now I looked at it and it's not that way. My, um, I'll tell you a, a silly joke, but not so silly. Um, when uh, I was a kid, and occasionally I uh, couldn't remember where I put things, my, uh, I don't remember if it was my mother or my grandmother told me this story that they had heard as a kid, that there was this person who, child who used to always forget where things were. So his mother told him, make a list at night when you go to bed where you put everything and then in the morning you'll know where all the things are. So he made a list and he wrote all the things da 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 and he got up in the morning and looked and looked and, and, find, and then he came to his mother and says, Ma, I found everything except this last thing. It says, my clothes are here, and my shoes are there, and then it says, I'm in the bed, and I go look in the bed, and I'm not in the bed. <laughs> now, in a way, that's silly. But yet, in a way, it also points to something. See, we have a condition of how I am supposed to be moment by moment, not just me, but how everyone else that I encounter is supposed to be. Each moment, therefore, the practice principle reminds us, each moment, life as it is. Life as it is. Or, each moment, life as I don't want it to be. That's also, then, the teacher noticing how I don't want it to be this way. And again, life is in all sorts of forms. All of those, that's why we could have boundless Dharma gates, because there's boundless opportunity moments, 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 each moment. So that's the, the uh, what should I say? The practice principle to remind us and support us in being who we are as a way of translating the Dharma gates are boundless, which is more, uh, what should I say, global and uh, not always so clear for us if we are caught up clear on terms of how do I practice, how do I master this moment Dharma gate as is. Yes. So uh, the dharm, the gateless gates. That's kind of a metaphor for what we're talking about. We're, I'm here to uh, help me liberate my mind from everything I cling to. And so, mm-hmm. if I'm understanding you, um, it's when I 
stop holding to my thoughts and just be present with my life as it is in acceptance, then the, the gateless gate. Then, then it's the gateless gate because yeah. there's no way to have it's right there. Yeah. See, it, it's gate. It's a gate, and yet it's gateless. Right. And it's that's why each of those cases is is a gateless gate. It seems like it's only gated when you're hanging on to your thoughts, because to, then you mm-hmm. are suffering to yeah. some degree. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's thoughts. It's feelings. It's predispositions. It's. I mean. Um, emotion, I mean, see, it, it, in a way, we could say thoughts as a shorthand and it's fine, but as long as we know that it's really, there's many faceted ways that we can hold on to self-centeredness. Um, and hold it bodily and hold it um, knowingly and hold it not knowingly and react without knowing and yet being caught up in it and it's visceral mm-hmm. that's why it's boundless too numberless that helps. Thanks. good well yes uh, I'm sitting here speak up a little I'm sitting here thinking and maybe I shouldn't ask this but I'm watching right <laughs> um, so a practicing Buddhist has all these ways of behaving in order to see, hopefully, the truth or to live a, a boundless life. And I'm wondering, you being a Jew, uh-huh. having studied Judaism, and I know Judaism has a lot of teaching on how to be Yes. A good person. Yes. I guess. Yes. So, how is it different? In Judaism, we say, In Buddhism, I say, the dharmas are boundless. I vow to master them. Is it the same or different? Translate the first one. No. Oh, come on. That, that's the point. The point is, it's that there's lots of ways to express it. And so what does that Hebrew mean? You're not telling us? It means love thy neighbor as thyself. Okay? But, but the point, see, once I translate it, then, then you've missed the essential point I was making. There are myriad dharmas, dharma gates... It doesn't matter if you call it Buddhist or Jewish or Christian or whatever. It's fundamentally being human. Your name is a Dharma gate. Museki, no trace. That's exactly what we're talking about. Have no trace, and then you're the bright. The whole sky is right here in front of you, and you can fly in any direction. Having traces, we get into all sorts of trouble. Holding to traces. Then we have considerations. Well, that person, maybe I could love them because they're nice to me. But that person, they're nasty to me. I can't love them. That situation I can handle. But that's not fair. Why should I have to handle that other situation? I don't deserve that. I mean, I have this illness and they have treatment for this. But 
this illness? They have no treatment. Well, how come I got it? I didn't do anything wrong. I never smoked. I never uh, drank. And all of a sudden, I got, uh, let's say I'll make up lung cancer. How come? I shouldn't have it. Uh, And those people, they've been smoking for 90 years, and they still don't have it. See? Right there. No trace. That's your dharma life. That's who you are. Not because you did something extra. Not because you're Buddhist or Jewish or anything else. Or not anything else. It's the fundamental nature of who you are. All of this is fundamentally who you are. You, from the beginning, are a liberated, saved being. The Buddha doesn't come to save you. And yet, beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Whatever you call yourself, it's always this moment, each moment, life as it is. Thank you.